Thanks for joining us this morning for Going Deeper. This uh, has been week three in our new series in John, That You May Believe. And Andrew, thanks for today. Challenging message, right? Like so John's difficult anyway because he's complex and layered. And you had like the second half of chapter one. More than half. Right. Okay. <laughs> that was yep. a lot. Second yeah. two thirds. Yeah. So Kev got off light last week. That's what you're saying. Yeah. Um, so you really drilled in this morning on this this notion that Jesus is the Lamb of God. And that that takes some understanding, doesn't it? Yep. It does. And But it makes sense in the Jewish context, which is the, the stage in which it was played out. Um as I unpacked a little bit around the, the Exodus story and the coming out of Egypt and that the, the blood of the lamb was what saved the people. So not, not only did the blood of the lamb provide, in, in Jesus' time, provide the forgiveness of sins and the removal of sins, but salvation is mixed up in that yeah. as well. Um, so the people would have had a good understanding of that. Mm. And, and talk about layered. Like there was another layer which I would have loved to have touched on that, that just would have taken me down a tangent that I didn't have time for today. But um, again, that, that story of even going before Moses back to Abraham, yep. where Abraham was called to sacrifice Isaac, mm-hmm. most scholars would say that it was on the very hill where Jerusalem was built that Abraham went to sacrifice Isaac yep. wow. and what was provided by God so that that didn't have to happen. It was yep. a, a lamb, a ram caught by its horns in the thicket. Yep. And it was the blood of that lamb that was spilt on that hill back with Abraham mm. that enabled the the whole family to continue that Jesus came out of. So th- there are so many layers in yes. in the idea of of the sacrificial lamb. Yep. And and even when we get to the end of the story where John's writing the revelation of Jesus Christ, uh, we see this image of the slain lamb being glorified in heaven and sitting mm. on the throne. So the imagery of it is is right through scripture. Yep. And sometimes I feel, and I've had this thought over the years many times, that if someone who's unchurched and hasn't had a background in Christianity comes into a church gathering or or any other type of you know, Christian environment, some of the language we can use around mm. the blood yes. and around the lamb and and things like this can, can be confusing, and I reckon. And we sing songs about yeah, it. Yeah, we sing songs about it. It's in, it's in the things we state. Sometimes mm. it's in our prayers. Yeah. And we don't blink an eyelid at it, but... Um, it's good to dig into it just a little bit, the why it's there, what it symbolises, yeah. how it works. It's a really important piece of imagery, isn't Absolutely. it? Absolutely. And it does thread its way through through the entire biblical story, this yep. this image of a lamb, a yeah. lamb that's, that, that's slain, sacrificial lamb. Um, why a lamb, do you think? That's a good question. Um, Again, there's there's a bunch of theories around that, but yeah, j- just again, we're talking about a particular group of people in a yep. particular geographical space and time. Um, there was lots of shepherds, there was lots of uh-huh. sheep and goats, and and the the sacrifice of an animal for its blood to be shed for sins to be forgiven back in the the tabernacle and the temple days. Um, I think they were available. Yes. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, 
Common? And again, it's it's not that little baby, you know, couple of weeks old lamb because one of the instructions they were given for the Passover was to not only kill the lamb and, and, and take its blood, but um, to barbecue it and eat it yep. for a whole family. So you've got to have something of a substantial size to actually yes. feed a family. Yep. Um, so why a lamb? I don't know. You got any insights there? Um, I, I, I wonder and I, I kind of think... I know that throughout scripture there's this really uh, in, intentional, intentional manoeuvres to separate the story of this God from the stories of surrounding gods yep. and and those other, you know, stories of creation and different narratives of, um, of other gods. And when I think about those, like a lamb is a bit nonsensical in comparison. Like it, it's... It's very helpless. It's not a helpless, symbol of power. Helpless. It's innocent. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. powerless. Yeah. Yep. You're right. Yep. And I think that there's something very interesting in that you know in the the meekness and the humility that we that we see in Christ yes. resembling God. Yeah. Um, is very very unique mm. in in world religions. And even that image out of Isaiah that you know is said in the Gospels, you know, like a lamb led to the slaughter, he mm. did not make a sound. Mm. You know. Um, so you're right, God in his wisdom has probably just used the right animal yep. to, to paint those images for <laughs> us to, to bring some meaning, yeah. So I, I think that the, it is a bit of a challenging thing, you know, and, and I don't know how much we can do to kind of, how do you induct people who aren't familiar with this whole lamb yep. and sacrifice imagery, yep. which is pretty confronting. Yes. Um, how, do, how do we guide people... In, in understanding those things such they be, they become meaningful in our own understanding of, of God, who he is, what he's like, what, what he has done. Um, what do you think? How, how do we and, – and the obvious answer is, well, read, right? Yeah, yeah. And like pay attention yeah, to, the, yeah. to the story. Any other thoughts? Um, I think we nearly need to address something even – foundational beyond that and that's that idea of sin right um because through the through the gospel story we are seeing that blood had to be shed for the covering of sin Mm -hmm. um some people could even argue that right back when adam and eve messed up in the garden next thing we read is god made skins for them yes now, does that mean some animals were sacrificed so that skins could yep. be made? So I that don't they could know. Be yep. yep. Um, so does it even go right back there? But mm. the idea of what sin actually is, what it does, why it brings separation, and mm. why something significant is needed to 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 bridge that gap yep. or, or to erase it. Um, that is something I think generally in people in our culture just don't get. People yep. don't get that I'm a sinner, yes. um, yep. you know, because we think we're good people. Mm-hmm. And it's nearly this archaic language that mm. that doesn't even resonate today. Um, so I think that's something that needs addressing and needs to understand before you can even go right. to the thing that, that helps that remove sin or takes it away, yeah. yeah. Um, but the, the imagery of sacrifice, the imagery of blood, that that life is in the blood, mm-hmm. you know, that's something that humanity has understood for many years, regardless yeah. of their understanding of anatomy. Um, that blood carries life. Yes. And and again, life is such the such a um, a pertinent theme right through 
scripture that there's got to be something tangible that we as humans can mm. can grasp, can understand to to help us unpack or, or to um, you know bring clarity to these major issues like life and sin and death. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I've answered in a bit of a roundabout yeah, way, but it's yeah. so, there's a lot to that. There is, and I think that that is really helpful. Um, we we can't help but look around and see that things are broken, right? Yep. Um, you know, in, interesting even just reflecting, you know, this this week and, and watching behaviour and responses and, you know, the way that people respond to one another on, on social media and there's brokenness. Yep. And we see that emerge in a whole bunch of, of different ways. And and what we see in scripture is that the root of brokenness, the root of all uh, of all that, that is wrong in the world around us and between us and, and within us is this idea of sin. Yeah. And so none of us can hide from the reality of that. Yep. You know, we see the evidence of it everywhere. And so what the biblical story is letting us in on is is that this problem is is deeper than we can imagine mm-hmm. it separates creator from creation yes and then we see this symbolism of of the very nature of god it's the self-sacrificing mm. nature of god yep. which is precisely what overcomes the brokenness yeah and only then can we start thinking about the lamb that's right is it yeah i think so <laughs> and and, yep. and even getting a uh, where we landed in going deeper last week was I think you encouraged us to enlarge our picture of Jesus, yeah. enlarge our picture yeah. of God. And that, that's part of this story, like to understand that God um, God didn't cause the brokenness, yep. but God knows how to fix it, yep. has done everything possible to fix it, has um, invited us into that fixed reality yes. at, at no cost to to ourselves, it's all all the cost has been on him. Mm. Um, this free gift of life mm. and salvation and relationship. Um, th- there's something about the goodness of God yeah. in all of this yeah. that that humankind keep messing up and keep getting it wrong. Yeah. You know the passage I read about every one of those covenants that was issued, the people mm. just could not keep it, and, and we can't be foolish to think that oh but if i was back in those days i would have done the right thing we would have done exactly what they did totally um or worse and god in his goodness keeps providing a way Mm, mm. um and not from a distance either no no it's like here we here we see god in flesh step into the brokenness as the lamb yes you know not not on remote control yeah he steps into the brokenness on like I imagine, we, we know John was one of the disciples at the crucifix. Yep. And this is John writing this account that we read mm-hmm. today. And this is John being one of those first disciples to follow Jesus. And this is John who heard John the Baptist declare, this is the Lamb of God. I just yep. wonder when he's seeing the reality of that, of the blood being shed on the cross, yep. what, what's going through your heart and your mind mm. and your... Um, yeah, you know, for him to be able to write what he's written, yeah, um, a- absolutely has to come out of out of a depth of revelation, relationship, yes. of yep. process. Uh, it really is gold mm. for us to dig into. We we in in some of our conversations and and reflections over the last couple of months, we've recognised that uh, that 
what's required to actually impact our beliefs such that it results in repentance, a change of direction, yeah. a change of life, is not information but revelation. We can have all, we can have all the information we like, yeah. but until there is a revelation, um, then the information, A, may not make sense, and B, just may not re- result in a, mm-hmm. in a transformation and a, and a redirection of life. And I think, I, or I wonder how much that is true in this instance here, that to gaze upon the cross and, and see it as love mm. requires a revelation. Yep. Because otherwise, and, and it, it, it's repulsive and it's offensive and it is all of those things. Yep. But there's, all, there's almost like some necessary inbreaking of, of, that, of the ultimate story that says that's actually what love yeah, it's like, like God's like. saying, let, let me come into human history at a time in history where things were the most brutal, the most barbaric, the yeah. most um, disrespect for life. Let me step into that space and be um, a victim of it yeah. to show the, the, the depth of the mm. love and the magnitude of the love. Yeah. yeah. And I think that that's what matters, right? Yeah. That's that's where that repentance and that change in direction yeah. and the the new life comes from. Um, so, what's your encouragement then this week? Yeah. Um, in in terms of folks picking up on some of this and and holding it during the week, what might your encouragement be? Yeah, um, I, I think two things. One, one we were able to unpack a little bit uh, the title of Lamb of God, and as I said, there's a few other titles yeah. in that first chapter that would be good to unpack. Um, so th- there's enough resource available to us. Um, there's some good websites. There's there's some good preaching online that, that yep. people can unpack some of that. But secondly, and more practically, I think it's um, the thing around Andrew and Philip. Let, let's right. be an Andrew and Philip. Huh. Yes. Let, let's be people who just understand and have had revelation yeah. of who Jesus is and what he's done for us yep. and share that with people. Yes. Uh, let, let's actually do that because yeah. we know that you know when you've when you've stepped into that reality yourself mm-hmm. that you know once was lost and now I'm found mm-hmm. and it's made a difference to my life. Yeah. It's made a difference to the way I think, the way I live, my identity. Mm-hmm. Why would I not want others to experience that? That's right. Come um, and see. Yeah, come and see. Yeah, it's good. So let let's be Andrews and Phillips. All right. And and and. Bring people in to the reality that, that mm. we've stepped into and experienced. That's good. Yep. Um, so I really encourage you to, to do that. Press in this week. Um, so, you know, even in the midst of lockdown, perhaps there's some new rhythms and practices uh, that you can be, be establishing. And in those rhythms and practices, pay attention to this idea of Jesus is the Lamb of God. He's come to take away the sins of the world, take away the separation between creator and creation. And let's be Andrews and Phillips. I'll be an Andrew. Let's do that. I'll be a Philip. You'll be a Philip. Okay. (laughs) Bless you guys. We'll see you next week. See ya.